All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, on this episode of the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, we are covering everything NBA related. Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. Shocker, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers are in the finals once again. We bring our boy Buster from At Hoops Nation. We're talking basketball, Colangelo, and what's going on in Philadelphia, and who he's got for the NBA Finals. On this episode of the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, Drew, kick that shit. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard like this before. Like this before. Like this before. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? Yo, it is the follow through Eclipse and Drew. We are back. Yep. It is episode 36. The finals are tomorrow. Finals start tomorrow. This is Wednesday night. This is the first time we've done a podcast this late. This is late for us, Drew. This is late night. We're on episode 36, and I was thinking today, like, right before we started this podcast, it's yeah. like fucking 36. Like, now we're getting into some really weird numbers, bro. This isn't, yeah, this isn't a very popular number. That's uh, true. I'm a little shook on it. I only know 136. If you, I think you're the only per like, uh, you're not the only person that can only think of 136. There's only one, and maybe we have different ones. It's different. Rashid Wallace. Yeah. It's going to be the Rashid Wallace <laughs> fucking better be. episode, because literally there's, like, four other players that wear it. Marcus Smart. I'm sorry, bro. We're going to talk about him. Yeah, I'd like to talk about and the $14 his million dollar man. Uh, we're going to talk about Marcus Smart, but he he wears number 36. Um, Kevon Looney, actually, who's in the finals, mm-hmm. wore number 36. I don't think he wears it now, though. Didn't Sh- didn't Diesel wear 36, too? Shaq wore it one year. What, year, what, what team was on he on? The the Celtics, oh, actually, believe it or not. Funny. Weird. Weird correlation. Weird connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaq wore for one year on the 2011 Celtics. And, and do you remember Eton Thomas? Of course I remember Eton Thomas. He Dude wore was a beast in college. Big old braids. Yeah. Uh, solid power forward center. He fizzled out, though. And then uh, one one blast from the past, Lloyd Neal. I don't have no fucking idea. And I don't either. Is. I don't know who that is. Lloyd. Stop, stop acting like you know who Lloyd Neal is, bro. Dude, I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> when I do this, I, I, I'm like a little bit like Alex Trebek. Uh. Because I just know the answers, right? What so is like, Lloyd Neal? Yeah, I'm like, uh, Who is Lloyd you Neal? guys don't know Lloyd Neal? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, there's only one person we could choose in this, and that's got to be Rasheed. That's dope. Rasheed been- Wallace, who literally like was the first person as a child, I was like, what's up with his head? Do you know <laughs> like, like he, that, that little it's a divot? Birthmark. It's a little divot that like it looks like someone took a pitching wedge and just... just 
knocked it right off the top of his dome there. Hey, how cold was his college squad, though, dude? The Tar Heels? Dude, that Tar Heels squad. Was that Stackhouse? Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace. Is it Jameson? I don't know if Jameson Antoine was on was that later. team. Antoine was late. Yeah. Or I think, I don't know. No, Antoine was a little later okay. than that. Um, but Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace on the Tar Heels were yeah. nasty, bro. People forget about Jerry Stackhouse. It's, and he's, yeah, he's sure. more in the media right now because now he's uh, some teams are looking at him to coach. Well, the Knicks were looking at him for some reason. Sta- oh, Detroit was looking at him. Detroit's for looking at him. Uh, Detroit actually called today uh, Kenny Smith, another Kenny Smith. Uh, oh, my God, please. Somebody hire this man so I don't have to listen please. to him on TNT anymore. I'm tired of Kenny. Stop, dude. Kenny, Kenny's got some knowledge, I am tired of Kenny. I just want Shaq and Charles. That's all I want. They could have their own show. EJ just being the moderator or Dude, whatever it is. exactly. That's all I want. That's all I want. Well, just let's get back to Rashid. I love Rashid Wallace. I, I have to say this. I've been a fan of his forever, for as long as I can remember. He's one of my favorite players. I loved the way he played, mm-hmm. and I loved his attitude. Uh, even though he was on Portland all those years, uh, he was always he always made me laugh. He's the original Jailblazer, though. They're the original Dude. Jailblazers. God, I love Rashid Wallace. It was Damon Stoudemire and Rashid Wallace trying to go through the airport with their weed wrapped up in tinfoil. If I'm not mistaken. It was Damon Stoudemire they definitely caught it on. Damon Stoudemire, for sure. But how fucking high do you got to be to put your weed in tinfoil and go through the metal detector? Yeah. Uh, This must have been before the Trailblazers had a private jet because, I mean, what were they? Most of them don't have private jets. Were they like flying Frontier? (laughs) They were flying Spirit, bro. The Spirit Airlines? Um so Dude, most jail... most teams have a private jet by now. It's not a jet. They charter planes. Yeah, they well, sure. Fine, jets. fine. The Warriors have a private jet. Nobody else does. No, they charter planes. I, I'm pretty sure Joe Lega bought him a plane. Well, they should have a fucking plane. You should don't. buy him at least but one But let's plane. talk about the original Jailblazers. Rasheed Wallace. Damon. Damon Stoudemire. Zach Randolph. Zebo Randolph, Young. Uh, Isaiah Ryder. JR, Jermaine, who we talked about. Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. Who, later. Later. He would, nah, but, but he learned from Arvidas and Rasheed Wallace. Uh, uh, Grant. Was Grant on that team? Grant. Uh, Brian Grant. Brian was, Grant. When he had a fade. Ruben Patterson. A uh, little later, later but later. Ruben was on that squad. Uh-huh. Um, Are we talking to, Detlef Schrempf? No, Detlef was more. I think, I think he, he played. Play I think Portland. he played on that, like just as Rashid. Anyway, Detlef was one of the biggest. We're, he made my all asshole team as a ball boy. Well, he's German. They don't know how to be nice. Oh, he was so mean. Dirk dude. spends so much time in the United States. He knows how to be nice now. Back to my Rashid story, really fast. Please. It was. I think we were there mid-season. Lenny Wilkins was the coach, and obviously he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a Hall of Fame player. I think he's in for both. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, he's a very, he was a very talented player. And this is when, like, weed testing is a real thing. Like, you know, coaches weren't supposed to tell players when, when the, the test is coming. Coach, I think coaches knew at this time. Now it's so... Uh, well, yeah, now they can. They be, do it blindly. Yeah. But I remember we were in the locker room and Lenny Wilkins came in after his speech. He had said, okay, guys, and you know, on Thursday, we have a test. And he said, I want everybody to be ready for their test. And he looked right at Rashid and he said, Rashid. Be ready for the test, Rashid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Meaning, that obviously they, they Rashid came into the NBA with with the love for the ganja. I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's a, a, a secret anymore. No, that's funny. A lot of the Steven Jackson has come out and said Matt oh, Barnes sure. has come everything's sure. coming out now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this would be a good thing for us to bring up on another podcast that we can debate and talk more about it, but you know, I think we discussed this a couple of days ago saying that, you know, I think weed's going to be extremely legal here soon. Extremely Maybe, legal. Yeah, extremely legal <laughs> being like, I think coaches would rather have dudes smoking weed and playing video games. And yeah, no, we definitely agree on that. 
Anyways, Rasheed Wallace. Yep. It's episode 36. Sorry for the 15-minute intro. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. We have a lot to get into. The final start to fucking morrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Let's talk about these 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 Eastern and Western Conference Finals, though, dude. Game sevens, two of them. The last podcast that we did, the series were all tied up at two apiece. Both uh, Boston and Cleveland and Golden State, Houston. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference because that Game 7 actually took place uh, first. The fantastic Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. by the way. Great lineup. America. Uh, gotta love it. Um, Cleveland was victorious in Boston. And it was only the seventh time in Boston Celtics history that they lost a Game 7 at home. They were 10-0 and in the playoffs at home. They never, they didn't lose a game at home. Right. Okay. Right. But we had said this, dude. Like, I want to take it back to Game One, and this is what I've been okay. bringing up. And again, we all know I'm pro LeBron. Okay. Yeah, you like LeBron. I like LeBron. Everyone's we aware. Know this. Everyone's we, aware. We're aware of it. And I think everybody should be aware of that. Yeah. But the thing that everybody ripped on LeBron for in Game One was the fact that after the game, he says, "I'm not worried." Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm not worried about this. Sure. Been here before. Like a fucking true pro does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm just so, even since round one, dude, it just seems like every game, this guy is stepping up and making shit happen. Okay. Yeah. We were a little, a little worried in game six. Kevin Love goes down. He got a brutal blow to the dome. Yeah. And due to the, to the. To no the Kevin Love. No Kevin Love in game six or game seven. No Kevin Love in Game 7. I thought for sure <laughs> that, number one, Boston was going to come out making more shots than they did. At home, mm-hmm. crowd behind them. But then you have, the like, the age. It's really – so this is when, you know, Tatum – Age, bro. Are you going to age? Tatum mm-hmm. stepped up and scored 24 points, led the team in scoring. But there, at times – there was moments where he didn't realize that he needed to keep doing it. Be be the man on the he team. He needed to keep going. Mm-hmm. He needed he needed to demand the ball at times, and and he was getting whatever he wanted. This is what I mean when I bring up the age is with with one or two more seasons, he's going to be able to be aware of the situation as as the fourth quarter progressed and Tatum like barely touched. He seemed like he barely shot the ball in the last five minutes of the game after that unbelievable dunk that he dunked on LeBron to bring the game to like, I think it was like a two or three point game at, at, at that point. Uh, uh, Boston was still down. Uh, but that dunk was huge. Momentum building. You're at home. The crowd's on your side. He's getting everything he wants. And then all of a sudden he doesn't touch the ball. Can I say something about that dunk though? Yeah. Which was ahead. amazing. One of the best dunks of the postseason. Uh, uh, hands down. Because Even, it was on LeBron. Of course. Yeah. And he got dunked on. LeBron's known for beating people's shit up. Yes. And then the rookie dunks on the king. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And when he dunks it, so I'm like, oh, shit. And then when he flexed on LeBron, I said, uh, chest oh, bumped shit. Him. I said, uh-oh. I said, that's the worst thing you could possibly I do. loved it, though. You got you to gotta love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But then when they do it in slow... I love it, Drew. Yeah. Don't no, get me no, wrong. No, I, I like I, it. I was thinking that Jason you would. Jason Tatum is the guy. He's the one. He's bro. unbelievable. He yeah. is. But then he bumped, and I saw the look LeBron gave him after the bump. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that might not – that's the wrong one. It's kind of like when yeah. uh, Morris screamed at, at, at uh, Tristan, Tristan Thompson. Thompson. I'm like, yeah, the you know the adrenaline's pumping, and you got to do that, but you don't want to poke a fucking sleeping bear, right? Right. Well, I mean, I'm if – I don't know how many opportunities Jason Tatum's ever going to have in his life to dunk on LeBron that was, again. That I mean, was let's just assume LeBron – plays for eight more years and so if that's the case they'll have many more meetings mm-hmm. but even then 
like the opportunity and the moment in a game seven mm-hmm. at home to dunk on, you know, one of the arguably the best player ever. Possibly. We don't have to go there. But to do that in that game, I don't, I don't, you know, it, it's very rare that he's going to get another chance to do that. Jason so, Tatum probably went home that night oh, saying yeah. that was the best. That's what I've been best, dreaming for my whole life. Best moment of his life. But he was probably still upset that they lost. Of course, but I also saw tight buttholes, bro. Let's not, right. let's, let's, let's bring the stats out. Rozier. Rozier was 0 for 10 from three pointers. Rozier was rough. You he, know what he, I mean? He, like, but he, there was like four of them that went in and out. Like, we can go. We can go shot by shot, shot by shot through the last fourth quarter. There, you hit your shots. LeBron but hits his shots. Exactly. I mean, the, the the one that changed the game, dude. I mean, obviously, like there are moments where Boston's up ten. You know what I mean? And yes. then they're down six, and then it's a tie game, and then it's and just, then Cleveland went on a little run. And LeBron played all forty eight minutes. Yeah. Um, a couple players stepped up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, Tristan Thompson stepped up. Yeah. Jr. hit the few shots that he needed to hit. Yep. Give me two. We we said this. Yeah. Give me two three Just pointers. Just two. <clears throat> Corver, give me one or two three pointers. Two's all they needed. Then really. I'll handle the rest. Yeah. Where the life got sucked out of the arena was on that fast break. Yep. And Mar- Morris tried to take LeBron down with all of his might, wrapped him around the chest. They goaltended the shot, and it still went in. Yeah. That's just str- – <laughs> it's too it's too much strength. I, honestly, Morris should know better. Like It's almost like they both should have just said either, either – Let him like, go. Just let him have the bucket. Right. Or foul the or, fucking or, shit or out Or go him. ahead and tackle him. Give me the flagrant. Yeah. Go get it. Right. Go get the flagrant one or the flagrant two. And Morris would be the guy to do that, Make a right? statement. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that it was him that kind of like – I mean, he did foul him pretty hard. LeBron's just really strong. I guess that's yeah, that's the one thing that we – it's just hard to see that on TV. And he almost triple-doubled again. Yeah. And I want to bring this up again so, about what? Jeff Green is is the guy that we didn't mention there. Yeah, the big 19 Jeff. points in a start, stepping in for mm-hmm. Kevin Love. He, he did a really, really fucking good job. Eight rebounds as well. And that's why they got him on the team. Yeah. That's where you're talking about the age. Jeff Green has been there. Yeah. LeBron has been there. J.R. Smith has been there. Glover's right. been there. That's where the experience minus they might not have as much talent. Yeah, and Jeff Green has re- literally done shit this year. Let's be honest. He was terrible all throughout the playoffs. The whole playoffs. He had he had good moments during the regular season, but I if you would have told me that he was he was going to be, be the guy, the second, the next best player in Game Seven would be Jeff Green. I'm like, oh, Cleveland loses that game. Jeff Green stepped up and did it. There were big offensive rebounds. Tristan got big offensive rebounds. I was more impressed with the fact that to me. When crunch time came, you see the age in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, they looked real hot in the first quarter, you know, with nothing to lose. And then it's kind of like, well, where's the ball go? And then they're jacking up threes. And, yeah, Terry looked okay on a couple of the threes. But the shit just wasn't looking right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, when you go – when you have Terry Rozier Mm -hmm. go two for 14. Scary Terry. Marcus Morris goes five for 14. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart goes one for 10. And Jalen Brown went five for eighteen. I can't even believe they were even in the game. Right. The Cavs only scored eighty-seven points, and those dudes, as as a team, Boston shot thirty-four percent from the field, which isn't going to cut it in a game That's seven at home. At home, and and you got to chalk that up to just inexperience. And I want to say age, but then you have, I mean, honestly, they, they've like. They've been playing great the whole, the whole playoffs, though, dog. I don't think we can yeah, do that. Yeah. I don't think Just we one can of those nights? We, you chalk it up to one of those nights? Or you, or I chalk it up to the fact that it's fucking LeBron and you're a little intimidated. Right. But what I was more impressed with, Drew, is even, I, I was just talking about the play where he was, uh, taken down by the neck by, by yeah. Morris. And there was a play right before that where 
it's a close game. It's a two-point game, and LeBron gets the rebound and throws a risky outlet pass to George Hill. Mm-hmm. Perfect outlet pass that mm-hmm. a lot of people would have pulled up. A lot of coaches would have been like, nah, hold yeah, that sure. shit up. Let's bring it up. Sure. He threw it because he trusted his teammates, and, and yeah. I don't think a lot of players in that moment, if it was the first quarter, yeah, I'm going to throw it up court yeah. and try to get that. But it was an and one layup that gets the momentum going, and then the next play down the court, right. you're getting another and one, mm-hmm. you know, and look, you're down seven now with a minute to go. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to toot my own horn again because I said if the, if he can get this team yeah. to the NBA Finals, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and nobody, no basketball fan, if you are a real basketball fan and watch basketball, nobody can say that this guy was by far the best player in the NBA playoffs and the most valuable player in the NBA playoffs. Right. Night in, night out. 48 minutes. Yeah. This guy put everything on the line. Do I think they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors, which we're going to get into in a minute? <laughs> I don't see it happening. If I had a thousand, uh, uh, if I had a thousand dollars to blow, Drew, yeah. I'd put a thousand dollars on Cleveland. Because, just to say fuck it. Just to say fuck and it. Because like, it, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, sure. Like it's everybody's got them in five. Like okay, Cleveland might get one. You yeah, know what I'm saying? People are banking on LeBron don't, not not getting swept. Don't think LeBron's not thinking. Don't think he's not seeing what? what everybody's saying. Don't think I'm he- sure he's seeing all of it. I'm just like, what can he really do when it comes down to it? Like he can't magically make Jeff Green and and Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and Kyle Corver just all average 18 points a game. No, he can't do it. He no. can't make it happen. And it, uh, so one thing I wanted to like kind of take a look at is over the course of the series between Boston and Cleveland is uh, Tatum was clearly the best uh, offensive player for the Celtics throughout the series and throughout the playoffs when it comes to just like one-on-one stuff. Uh, Rozier had unbelievable games. Jalen Brown had unbelievable games. Uh, but when it came down to it, everyone was identifying, and I think you do as well, Jason Tatum to be the most talented player offensively on that squad without Kyrie and, and Gordon Hayward there. Tatum only had 16 points in game one, but again, it was a blowout. Right. So like, he sat. Yeah. Game two, he only had 11 points, mm-hmm. which was strange, but they still won that game. So he just had a, a little bit of a rough night. Maybe maybe the fact that he was playing against LeBron on this stage got to him a little bit, the age thing. Mm-hmm. 18 points in Game 3, only 17 in Game 4, both losses, and both really kind of tough shooting nights and, and pretty poor games from the Celtics. 24 points in Game 5, only 15 in Game 6, and then 24 in Game 7. That's so, still great numbers, though. What Every he time. just did in that series... Tatum you're talking about? Yes, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum mm-hmm. is very, very impressive. And it's very easy to see when you look at those things. Like, they need to keep feeding him the ball. Game six, he should have had way more shots, way more opportunity uh, to score more than 15 points. And game seven, he should have he should have really had almost 30-35. They should have kept feeding him nonstop. He should have had he should have been in his bag. Let's be we, this is one thing we've agreed on all season is that Jason Tatum is is definitely the one. Like this guy's got the goods on every. He's not flashy. There's nothing like super amazing about him. He could do it all. He could yes. shoot. He can dribble. He can get to the rack. Yeah. He's humble. The player he reminds me of that I compare him to most is Steve Smith, like a young Steve oh, Smith. Okay. Because that's exactly how Steve Smith plays. He's smooth as fuck. He had a turnaround. He's got a three. He yeah. can take it to the rack. He can dribble. Young Steve Smith. 
Steve Smith in general was a was a really good, good player. basketball player. Good player. I think Tatum's ceiling is a lot higher than Steve Smith, but I understand the comparisons and like style. Of I think play. I'm gonna, I want to make if I can have the time this week, make a little video comparison. Okay. I just, he remind they're long. Yeah, yeah. You know what no, I mean they're they're about the same size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Smith. The first thing people will say is Steve Smith like an out and out like three point shooter as his as his career developed, mm-hmm. he became that. And Tatum's not necessarily. You know his level of three-point shooting, and I would say that Tatum's a like more superior athlete than Steve Smith. But young Steve Smith, like you're saying, he could get up and throw it down with the best of yeah, them. Yeah, and so can Tatum. Uh, and, and Tatum, yeah, obviously an uh, elite athlete. So, so, le- so like final notes. Do you have final, any final notes on the series? My final notes is this: I'm uh, there is no shade thrown at the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they have they are in the best position in the NBA yeah. to have a dynasty. You guys have the best team, the best young talent, everybody. And it's funny. And watching, the best coach. You have the best coach. Yeah. It's just you win against LeBron James. It's That's the only yeah. difference. You know, you coached a great series, probably outcoached LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers, not <laughs> yeah. Ty Lue. Yeah. Um, your upside is humongous. Yeah. That's what they're the team of the future. Yeah. And uh, that's what that, Drew. Yeah. What about you? I think I, I, I probably need to apologize a little bit. To LeBron and and the LeBron supporters. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's repeat. Can we let, let me let me let me just 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 because back. of this. I I literally called every. I think I called every single series that we predicted so far is for Cleveland to lose. <laughs> I think it, the only the only series I called them to win was Indiana, but I took it to seven, and I was right. So I'll, I'll say that. But then after that, I thought Toronto was going to win for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> Some, I must you're have, a hater, Drew. I must have heard somebody whispering about the Raptors while I was asleep on on Sports Center. Some Canadian channel must have come on to my television. Okay, uh, and then I picked Cleveland to lose this series to Boston. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm I'm overwhelmed a little bit by LeBron's continued performance. Uh, begrudgingly, uh, it's it's been I I watch I try to watch it with as little bias as I can. Yeah. I don't talk a lot of shit. I just sit there and I and I'm I. I am genuinely blown away sometimes by what he did. That's amazing. And his performances in the last, you know, <laughs> this whole last playoffs has been unbelievable. So I, I do owe a little bit of an apology to him like it fucking matters, first of all. Yeah, so, like, but, I apologize, sorry. LeBron. Sorry, LeBron. We're uh, waiting for that text message yeah, from he, you, LeBron. He's, yeah. But, Drew, what you're doing right now is yeah. what I feel that some people are too prideful to say. Like, you yeah. have to be, as a basketball fan, sit back and be like, look, dude. Yeah. We're not going to be the people say, "Oh, he did it all by himself." He didn't do it by himself. He, he kind of did. Yes, he, but he kind of did. But yeah, you have to have a team that does shit. He didn't score eighty nine points, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I still feel that if you put any one of these other MVP, quote unquote MVPs, yeah. If you put James Harden on the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals. If you put Steph Curry on the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're not in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. If you put Kevin Durant, and you're talking about removing LeBron, I'm saying and switching replace, the positions. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. I don't think there's a player in the NBA that is as dominant and can take over any game than LeBron James. Yep. There, there are streaky players. Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the in the world. Steph Curry is the best shooter mm-hmm. in the world. Kawhi Leonard is the best defender in the world. Like it is what it is. But guess what? Le- no matter what, if you go against the King, you're gonna you're gonna fucking get it, dude. So, anyways, it is what it is. We're over. We're gonna get into the King a little later, but I want to get into Golden State and the Rockets because I got a lot of shit I gotta say. Yeah. 
Yo, if you have not heard about it already, the Follow Through with Clips and Drew podcast has teamed up with our boys over at Soul Science. We have our own signature shoe fragrance called Vesuvius. Head on over to soulscience.co, type in Clips and Drew, get yourself a bottle of Vesuvius and have your kicks smelling sweet. All right, we are back. It's the Follow Through with Clips and Drew. Episode 36, this is the... Ball Don't Lie episode, Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. We are covering uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. We got to get into the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, bro, because that was that was a barn burner, dude. That came down to Game 7 too. First time since 1979 that two teams had two Game 7s in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. 79. 79 was the last year that happened. Wow. I can't give you – it definitely wasn't the Clippers in that one. Um, so I can't tell you really. I think it was Boston and somebody, and then Lakers and somebody probably. <laughs> seventy nine. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you which. I was only I was only eighteen years old in seventy nine, so I really wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the distribution of the NBA was a little slacking. A little different. Then. It was a little different. You had to listen on the radio, right? <laughs> hey, so we. I, I, I got to say this right away. I don't know if Chris Paul is cursed. But since I've been watching Chris Paul, like, religiously, this happened every year with us in the playoffs. Chris Paul got hurt, or Blake got hurt, or Karan Butler got hurt. But most of the time, Chris Paul gets hurt. Yeah. And Chris Paul was having a great series. Yep. Um, he was killing in game in game five. Yeah. game five. Yeah. Goes down with the hammy, and you can tell on his face. Like, it's not a, this isn't a thing I'm going to walk off. like this. No, he didn't even try to get up. Nope. Like he laid on the floor and and limped off the floor. That was that was terrible to see that. I I feel bad for him really because you're right. Like this, it, he's he's always kind of had this. Something has gone wrong in these moments physically for him, and that's got to be one of the most frustrating things for an athlete to deal with. Simply because you know, for the most part, it's out of his control. It you know, he he could have stretched his hamstrings. Like goddamn Michael Phelps before he was out on that floor, and still this could have happened to him, you know? Shit happens. Uh, But why does it always happen to Chris in these times? That's what I want to know. Yeah. And there's a reason why Chris left $200 million on the table with the Clippers to go to the Houston Rockets because he wanted to be in the Game 7 and to beat the Golden State Warriors and to be in the NBA Finals. And... The way he was playing, he was literally leading that team. James Harden didn't have a great playoff series. Let's, I mean, let, let's not, keep. He didn't. Yeah, he did no, not. He the, didn't. Or the Rockets in general didn't have a great playoff. No, series. they. I mean, dude, they. The, I can't believe it, but the Warriors kept it, kept the Rockets under 100 points for five straight games, right? Which is gnarly. I thought for sure the all of these games are going to be like the 120s each. You know, 125 mm-hmm. to 115 mm-hmm. final score. Uh, losing Chris Paul in Game Five, like you said, is that's the death knell. Like, what can you do? You know, in the same, I thought kind of similarly when Kevin Love wasn't going to be available for Game Seven. The difference is James Harden isn't LeBron James, right? So James Harden is a talented NBA player for sure. Probably at this point in time, arguably the best one-on-one player in the league, but. You can't win a championship with one-on-one basketball. You need the team to show up in some capacity. And they kind of did for James again. And he still fell a little bit short 
without Chris Paul, obviously. So uh, let's get into Game Seven, really, because we kind of missed the the time to talk about Five and Six. We can if you want, but I don't think Chris Paul that go- matters. Chris Paul goes down. Chris Paul goes down in Game Five. Clay Thompson win- pretty much wins the game for the Warriors in Game Six. Right. And then Game Seven was one for the history books, probably because of how poorly the Houston Rockets shot the ball. I think at one point they had missed twenty-seven threes in a row for twenty-seven in the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who shoots twenty-seven threes in the second half though? That's my that was that wasn't even the end of it. That they made one, and (laughs) so they kept shooting just to just to get the numbers because of it's just so outrageous. They shot sixteen percent from three. That's your MVP, and people. they were seven of forty-four. Yeah, For and they threes? only made and they made one three-pointer in the second half entirely. You understand what you just said, though. Read that 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 number you just said. The seven, 40, no, the 44. 44 threes. Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck does that, guys? Think about this. This is why your point guard is so important. This is why Chris Paul is so important. You can hate Chris Paul. You can love Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a savage. Okay, he will do anything that it takes to win a basketball game. Yeah. He will flop, he will flail, he will foul, he will talk shit. Yeah. He will he will hit. I mean, dude, Chris Paul was literally in game 5 before he went down going for superstar status. Those shots that he's hitting oh, unbelievable on shots. Steph on nothing but buckets. The fadeaways right? and the double Steph, clutch. Drop Steph twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Chris Paul is that guy. And so in game seven without him, mm-hmm. and in a game where we all knew the entire Rockets team was going to have to step up, they lay this egg out there. Especially James Harden, though. You're, you're, you're MVP, NBA. Uh-huh. You're MVP. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, wanted to throw that in. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he himself was two of 13 from three. He was 12 of 29 from the field. <laughs> But it doesn't help when Trevor Reza doesn't make a single field goal. He, 0 for, 10, he was 0, 0 for, right? 0 for 12 0 for, for the 12. game. Mm-hmm. Nine of those shots were three, so he was 0 for 9 from three. Eric Gordon was 2 of 12 from three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gerald Green jacked up four threes, only hit one. So half. is that what the NBA is coming to, bro? Yeah. Is it really like live or die by the three? If you're going to shoot 44th, how many, I want to know how many shots they shot the whole game. Like if, you, if, if, if you're shooting more Three pointers, and you are shooting regular field goals. There's something wrong with that. Fucking it was team. almost. It, they they shot ninety times total. Okay, so, so almost half. Yeah, forty nine percent of their shots. Forty six twos, forty four threes. <laughs> That's just. I mean, think about this, guys. Yeah. Think about that. And James Harden is your best one on one athlete. He can get to the rack at any time he wants. It's kind of like Kevin Durant. And, and uh, let's let's get off of Houston for a second. Okay. Let's talk about Golden State because. Kevin Durant catch a, caught a lot of flack for not taking the shot in the big time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not being the quote-unquote man at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Because like James Harden, Kevin Durant can get a bucket whenever he wants. Yeah. Literally from anywhere on the court. Yeah. 30 feet, 12 feet, doesn't matter who's guarding you. Right. We've already discussed this. Yes. Um, and then he has the opportunity to pass off to Steph Curry and, and yeah. Clay Thompson. Yeah. I, I do I mean so Kevin Durant had thirty four points. Um big game. Eleven for twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um he got to the free throw line ten times, which is nice. Average. But when it comes down to it, like he still wasn't he wasn't like the MVP version of Durant, or at least the version of Durant that we saw last year when they won the title, in my opinion. Like Steph, to me, Steph was the MVP of, of this series for for the Warriors, even though Kevin Durant was was given the MVP for the series, 
because, like, he pretty much, in the third quarter of that game, he took over again. He did it throughout the series. Uh, he almost had a triple-double in Game 7, yeah. Steph did, one rebound away. You know, I just I just think that there, that Kevin Durant was has reached a different level than he's shown in this series in particular. If you're going to hold Kevin Durant at this level, like they try, they try to say you're at this LeBron level, right? And one of the things that, that LeBron's always criticized for is, oh, he's not, he doesn't have that killer instinct. He doesn't have that give me the fucking ball in crunch time. And Kevin Durant is the same way, though. I don't think he's that guy either. He's not the, uh, he doesn't want to have all the pressure on him at the end of the game. I think LeBron does now. I think, I think Durant's history says otherwise. Well, I think he went to a team, Drew, so right. he doesn't have to be that guy. Right, but he and, was that guy. I mean, he got, he, he, he was, he was absolutely the man with the, with the ball in his hand the last second. Granted, he had to arm wrestle Westbrook for it <laughs> while he was in Oklahoma City. But like, I don't, I don't think he shies away from the moment until this fucking playoffs. Like until these playoffs, he has he he's not been demonstrative and going the other way, demanding the ball right. like like he should. Right. But he still isn't like I don't want to shoot it or I'm I'm just going to keep passing. Don't you feel on a team like that though, Drew? Yeah. Don't you feel that it's like when you have these many scorers that it's like you know if Clay's open, I'm going to throw it to Clay. Exactly. You know, and if Steph's there, I'm going to throw it to Steph. I get that. Right. But that takes a lot of pressure off of you and like what yes. you have to bring to the team. Yes. Especially when you come to a team that literally doesn't need you. They didn't need you to win a championship. You know. They, no, they didn't need him. But yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like they 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 almost lost to him. Granted, that year right. uh, at Oklahoma's last year in Oklahoma City, so, and and. But they did lose that year to LeBron. So in a sense, there was a there's a way to 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 be convinced that they thought they needed him after losing to LeBron and Kyrie. I don't think they ever thought they needed Kevin Durant. I think when they knew that they had an opportunity to get oh, Kevin definitely. Durant, then yes, of course we're going to take him. I don't think they're like the Philadelphia 76ers saying we need LeBron to win a championship. You know what I mean? I understand. I understand. Exactly. You feel me? I understand exactly. And I'm not hating on Kevin Durant or the Golden State Warriors at all. Okay. If you have an opportunity to get Kevin Durant, yes, you get yeah, Kevin go get Durant. Him. Go get I'm him. not yeah, saying sure. that. No, no, no. That's uh, fine. I just, I just think it, it was a great – I mean, you got to think about how Kevin Durant's thought process was. Don't think Kevin Durant didn't say, well, we just lost to these guys right. in the playoffs, and I'm going to go play for them. They just won 71 games. You know, what is the reason for me 73 going? 73 games. 73. Like, fucking they won 73. 70, 73 games. You lost nine games, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Unbelievable. He did join the best team in NBA history mm-hmm. uh, that did lose in Game 7 in the finals. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he obviously went to go win rings, right. and he's going to do it. They're going to do it again. I feel... Like the whole series, I would have loved to watch this entire series with everyone healthy. Give me Iguodala on the floor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Give me uh, CP CP three on mm-hmm. the floor. Obviously, I want to see them at what full think, at full strength. What do you think? Because and again, Andre Iguodala is a huge part of this basketball massive, team. Massive, huge part. Which is why they went to Game Seven, in right. my opinion. The fact that they didn't have him. Right, and the fact that like, and Chris Paul is the heart and soul of the of the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Every one of these teams. Oh well, if Boston loses, they didn't have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Oh well, if LeBron loses, or if the Cleveland loses, they didn't have K Love, and they didn't have Kyrie this year. Right. If Houston loses, well, they didn't have fucking CP, and right. if Golden State loses, oh, they didn't have Iggy. Right. 
you know, everyone's Holmes, everyone's injured at this point. Everybody's injured at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, the way that series was going with Golden State and Houston, mm-hmm. I would much rather see Iggy and Chris Paul healthy. Yeah, it would have been a better brand of basketball. I agree. And to be honest with you, Drew, I, I, there, it's a toss up to me. Mm-hmm. The way Chris Paul's playing, it could have and should have been Houston in the finals. So you're saying if Chris Paul plays the way he was playing in Drew, game six or in game seven, the guy was in physical great shape. And then it's just one fucking hamstring, yeah, dude. Yeah, and that, yeah, it's it, it, it's really sad. I so I think in a moment where they needed Eric Gordon and James Harden to stop shooting threes and just drive to the basket, just drive to the basket, just drive to the basket, and try and get fouled. Uh, they did that somewhat, but then they ended up trying to kick it out because everyone was collapsing, and re- the refs weren't calling many fouls, which I actually liked. But, they actually got a lot of heat for it. Scott Foster got a lot of, of heat. Of course they did. They weren't calling many fouls. I understand. But it's the playoffs, baby. This is the Western Conference Finals. Game seven, you got to earn those buckets, in right. my opinion. I don't think they called it – I don't think they were heavily leaning in the Warriors' favor, but they certainly didn't call a lot of potential fouls on Houston, layups. If you're a Houston right. fan, you're looking at it as like, I'm yes. not getting the calls. Right. So that being said – the way that Chris Paul attacks the basket is completely different than the way that James Harden yes. and Eric Gordon attack the basket. Chris uh, goes at his own pace and is so spatially aware uh, that he can do he can do that little turnaround pull up in the post thing. He can do the floater, and of course he can he can lob it up to Capella. All of those things he is better at than James Harden and Eric Gordon, uh, and that would have I think he would have realized in the moment. Okay, we we just missed twenty threes in a row. Maybe let's not shoot another one shut right every now. One of them down. Let me go. Let me try mm-hmm. to go get to the free throw line. Let me go try to get James Harden an mm-hmm. easy bucket somehow, coming mm-hmm. off a pick or something like that. And because they didn't have him, they weren't really able to work James Harden off the ball at all. They didn't know how to play without Chris, dude. Yeah, and and, th- and so I think to your point, you know, I still think the Warriors would have figured out a way to win because they're they're a better team. They are a better team. It's obvious. But it would have been a hell of a lot tougher but with Chris on that floor. What you didn't mention, Drew, what mm-hmm. you didn't mention is Chris Paul's defense. Sure. Chris Paul is on he's in on your center. We said the whole series. I said don't watch Chris Paul guard Kevin Durant and he yeah. guarded Kevin Durant plenty of times. Right. You know, there's the difference between we watch Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier try to guard LeBron James. Like it's just not. I mean, LeBron's different than Chris can't guard LeBron either. No, yeah. right. no. I'm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. Though. At I least do. he went and did that. Yes. But his defense is such a huge. I just think it would have been such a more magical fucking game seven. Yeah. The great thing about Golden State Warriors is Iggy's allowed to take like as important as he is, he can take the fucking series off. Yeah. Because we have these guys. Even Looney looked okay. Looney looks good. Man. Looney looks good for a starter, but when you when you can. Ease back and be like, all right, well, fuck, we got Steph, Clay, and KD, yeah. and Draymond. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. So they, they yeah. have that luxury. Houston doesn't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. When you're bringing in Joe Johnson, which he didn't even sniff the fucking game, Ooh. which I wish he would have sniffed a couple games. He's been uh, there. Yeah, it would. It's tough for him to to jump into the lineup <laughs> in Game Seven it after is. not playing like it a is. minute, uh, like maybe since Game One. Uh, I I do want to say that. Even with Chris on the floor defensively, Steph gets into those heaters in that third quarter. And maybe, maybe Chris would have just fouled the shit out of him really hard or done something to try and throw him off of that. But Steph in that, in those, in those, in, in those first 10 minutes of the second half is an MVP unstoppable Steph. At least in the last two games. Yeah, but don't you think CP gets like that too, though? 
Yeah, Steve, I, I'm not saying that he doesn't. What I mean by that is I don't think Chris Paul's defense really would have affected that as much as his tempo and, and game awareness would have helped them uh, substantially because the Rockets were just jacking threes and the, and the missing and the Warriors just getting out in transition, right. getting stepped the ball, right. getting running, the ball running yeah. with the head of steam and he's just pulling up for three or he's floating it. Why like, is your MVP not realizing you took 27 threes and not hitting? That's so, the stuff we're again, talking about. Again, like we've talked about the whole time. If we – I feel all these awards should be given at the end of the fucking year, okay? If so the rookie in, of the including, year goes, you're talking about including the playoffs. Everything. Yes. Look, bro, the best rookie in the in the world is Jason Tatum. Ben Simmons is right gone. now. Right Dun- now. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, yeah. He's, we've seen all year in, into the playoffs what this guy can do. Yeah. The MVP to me is LeBron James. He's the most valuable player to your basketball team. Correct. It's not James Harden. James Harden's a great offensive player yes. during the regular season. Right. But when your nuts are on the fucking line yeah. and when the shit matters and your back's against the fucking wall and you're in somebody else's house trying to clean up and, and, and bring this shit back home, the MVP is LeBron James. Right. So, But here's the thing, right? So uh, James Harden fans... We'll say, well, and we are one. We are no, no, two no, James no. I, I, fans. I, well, then Rocket fans. Okay. How about that? Fine. Okay. We'll hone in on the Rockets right. here. The Rocket fans will 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 listen to that and say, well, how are you going to feel? How are you going to say that when LeBron's probably going to get swept or lose in five to the same team that the Rockets took to seven? Do you really think that? You think LeBron's going to get swept right now? Call it right now. Yeah, I think it's possible. If if Andre Iguodala is healthy and plays all the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it could be a sweep. I'm never going to say LeBron's going to get swept because he can just pull a, a 50-20-10 game out mm-hmm. and and will his team to win one. So, yeah, I w- I'm going to go with the happy medium that everyone seems to be picking one. is, yeah, Warriors and five. Okay. But my point is, is you just said that statement that I think is absolutely correct. LeBron is the MVP, and he, he brings all this extra stuff to the table that most players don't even have a chance at bringing to the table. But when you say that, and then LeBron goes in and most likely, I think you will agree, is not going to win the finals A and probably not going to even push the finals to a game seven B. They're going to say, how how can you think that LeBron is this much better than James when he didn't do as good against the team that you, they just played? You you just put words in my mouth, but those, I'm not taking that, bro. After what I've seen in the playoffs. I thought like, you were I, – I, I assumed. I said I assumed. Golden State is the better team, okay? Right. Golden so you, State's the better team. Do you think they're going to go to game seven? I think that I, – I, honestly, dude, after what I've watched through all of this, I can't put anything past the Cavaliers, and I can't put anything past LeBron James. If I'm a betting man in Vegas, and we've said this, before this is your this is your standard statement you you always go you always say something and then you go if i'm a betting man okay and then you say your outlandish thing and you say but if i'm a betting man it's this if you look at the numbers it's obvious gold everybody in the whole nba world will tell you that that the that the golden state warriors are a better basketball team they're better than every other team in the nba but i feel like I can't bet against the best player in the world. So do you think Cleveland's going to win? I think Cleveland has a chance to win. If I think they have a chance to win. Can I make a bet? I, I can't call this, bro. You I don't can't think, call it. I'm not going to jump on the I'm not going to jump on the train saying they're going to get they're going to get swept. Anybody that thinks that they're going to get swept after watching what you just watched from these guys, like I I just don't see that. Um, There's a good chance that that happens. Th- it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but, but guess what, Drew? It's not going to be a shock to a lot of people. It's not going to be like, well, fuck. He got swept in the finals. It's going right. to be like, yeah, he got swept by the best team in the world, you know, after putting in all this fucking work, you know? Right. Sure. And my point, my whole thing, mm-hmm. my whole. No. I'm taking the king, bro. I'm taking the king so, of seven. Fuck it. You're taking Cleveland I'm taking the seven. king. 
I'm taking the king. I'm taking the best player in the world. The fact, and this is what's so funny, is like, he's not the one trying to prove things to fans and everybody. It's us, right? It's media and people hyping this goat talk and like, you know, igniting the fire, talking about this. We're, pull, we're pulling stats out of our ass, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, Michael Jordan didn't eat three hot dogs before game six and LeBron did. Right, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm tired of talking about it too, Drew. You know what I mean? Like, the numbers are there. They, they are what they are. I'm more stoked on the fact that LeBron's in the Eastern Conference Finals after people yeah. wrote him out. There, We talked during the season saying, shit, will Cleveland even make the playoffs? Well, yeah, we didn't even know if they were going to make we the playoffs. We didn't know that. Yeah. But – we said if this guy could take this bullshit ass team to the finals. Yeah. So, and to, to be honest, Drew, and we this can be super far fetched, but if LeBron, let's let's be weird and think if LeBron won this finals. Yes. LeBron beats the gold the the almighty Golden State Warriors. Yeah. What could anybody say? Well, this is like the all time like headline. <laughs> it's hyper- David Goliath. Hyperbole, like juiced up ESPN thing that everyone's talking about is like well. Let's just say LeBron wins. <laughs> then what do you say? Right. right? Like that's like the, the tagline that's going around the world. First of all, you're seriously taking the Cavs in seven? You're, you're serious about that? Or are you just you're just trying to throw your support to I'm LeBron? I'm taking the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. Clips is saying it. So you're taking the Cavs games. in seven for, for real. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then so secondly, if that happens, mm-hmm. if LeBron wins and, and Steph – and Clay and Kevin Durant all aren't all like maimed or injured or like <laughs> you know something right. terrible you know right. like not I'm not wishing that on them but if 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 it happens that way and he ends up beating this warrior team as it's constructed right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that may be one of the greatest things to ever happen in all of sports you don't think you don't think that him even getting there right now is one of the biggest no, but I, in his career I wanted to say that I think that you treat it like a victory for him to have already advanced this far do you feel that way oh, I th- yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just okay. I'm, I'm just trying to set the stage because, like you said, like first of all, don't say it's me treating it like a victory. I'm talking about you. I meant your actual personal opinion. Personal, yes. That's what I, I was asking. Like, I feel because I've said it all year that it's kind of like when uh, Michael Phelps was in the Olympics, right? And Michael Phelps was just killing everybody. He wasn't the underdog in all that shit, anyways. He was never the. He underdog. was never the underdog. I but, mean, in Australia, he was the underdog. But I'm, but like watching 15. Michael Phelps do what he does and watching Tiger in his prime and being like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And Michael, watching Michael do it too. But I've never seen Michael against adversity like this with a group of people like this. And if Golden State wins, I'm not going to be shocked, Drew. Like it's not going to be like, "Wow, I can't believe they won." Yeah. No, I know that. I know that. Everyone is expecting. So, I mean, bottom line is most likely the Warriors are going to win, right? It Just from, like, the standard odds, there hasn't been. Uh, the odds it, are, yes, Golden State's going to win the, the championship. I heard this today. There hasn't been um, a, a heavier underdog than LeBron to start an NBA Finals matchup between the two mm-hmm. than the Cavs are underdogs to the Warriors. I'm talking about betting money. Right. They, the Warriors right. are favored by such a high margin <laughs> that. We should bet it, they're, Drew. They're, Let's bet it. Dude, you put 100 bucks on it, I'll man. put 100, I'll put 100 it, dollars on it. Might as well. I mean, you, you might as well just light it on fire also because yeah, that shit is not going to happen. I'm, I'm, See, it would have been it would have been it would have been really cool, really smart of you to put that 100 on Beginning. In, 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 in the Boston series. Yeah. Cuz they were underdogs in that one yeah. too. That would have been a good bet. But anyway, I'm I'm excited to see LeBron play against the Warriors again, I guess. Uh, it would have been nice to see somebody else in the finals. Let's bring up quotes really fast though. Okay. 
Because everybody's all, well, it's, first of all, everybody that's on our page and on these NBA pages talking about, like, well, the NBA just wants to see Cleveland and, and Golden State together. I don't think they do want to see that. No, that's bullshit. Yeah, there's <laughs> they no, don't. There's no conspiracy theory, people. No. These are the two best teams in the land. It is, And Cleveland might not even be the best team. They're probably they, not. They're not yeah. in the East. They're not the best team. I mean, the, yeah, that's why we always thought that the finals was between Golden State and oh. Houston this last this last series. Golden State is obvious; they're the best team. Yes, like and Clay Thompson said today, if you want to beat us, beat us. Yeah, and LeBron well, said the same thing. Sure, like fuck it, a if you, if if you don't want us in there, somebody come and beat us. Toronto and Boston and Indiana, yeah, and Houston and fucking OKC and who and Spurs, whoever you want to fucking bring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to LeBron. Tip of the cap, unbelievable. Tip the cap. Eight finals in a row now. Unbelievable. Is it eight in a row? Eight. And this is going to be his ninth final. Ninth final. It's going to be total. his eighth in a row. Eighth in a row. That's unfucking. And it went like this: the most. Listen to this: the most finals appearances. Right. Yeah. Boston Celtics were thirty-one. The, the Lakers, Lakers were twenty. The Lakers were thirty-one. The no. Celtics, yes. Lakers, no. Lakers have the most finals. No, look it up. No, I'm gonna look it up. Look right it up now. right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Live. I, I'm, I don't. The Lakers think... have the most finals out of any franchise. I think he's wrong, guys. That's not true. Here we go. Lakers thirty-one. Lakers, Lakers Celtics, 31, Celtics 21. twenty-one. Okay, so I had them mixed up. Go ahead and say it one more time. For Lakers the thirty-one. That's fucking right. Okay. Celtics 21, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron has is nine, third and nine. And he's tied with the Warriors. That's impressive in itself, dude. And that's For the most final appearance. So I was wrong. I, I apologize. It was going to be Lakers or fucking Boston either way. Yeah. It is what it is. So I chalk it up for another loss in the finals for LeBron. <laughs> Yo, we're about to have this interview with our boy Buster over at Hoops Nation. You guys are going to love this interview. Talk NBA basketball. We're going to talk life. We're going to talk everything. So stay tuned. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. You are now officially on the one of the top ten basketball podcasts in the world. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. What's up, Buster? What's going on, man? We've been we've been trying to connect with each other for a minute now, and for yes. for everybody that doesn't know who Buster is, you should know who Buster is. He is the founder of Hoops Nation on Instagram, amongst many other things. You've seen his sixty seconds with Buster. This guy's all over the place. You're like a fucking Kardashian, Buster. I'll take that. I would. I would love to be a Kardashian. <laughs> so just just for a, a quick like uh, briefing, uh, so everybody knows. Like I ran into Buster. I I have had relationships. Relationships. That sounds really good. Hey, take I it. Take that. it easy. <laughs> I, I know his good friend Elliot, who he does. Do you, you have something to do with Dunk? Right at Dunk as well. Yep. Okay. So, yep. 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 So Elliot Robinson is a friend of mine. Um, he runs Dunk, and so does Busta, too. Busta's affiliated with them. Um, everywhere I went All-Star Weekend, I saw Busta and Elliot. And it seems just like <laughs> yes. you, you were everywhere I was, Busta. So what, what, what's the deal with that? I've got some funny stories from that one, too. But, yeah, that was that was something else. All-Star Weekend LA, yeah, not much, not much can beat that. You kind of, like, fit in with the crowd, too, Buster. You know what I mean? Because you like when you look yeah. at you. If people saw you, they'd be like, "Dude, there's no way this guy is running 
all this shit on Instagram like you're running. <laughs> well, I mean, you're also a pretty young kid too, right? I mean, that's that's probably yeah, part I'm of it. You're, you're seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. This guy could <laughs> the, the conversation we had, Drew, was this dude couldn't even get into the Under Armour party. <laughs> they wouldn't even let him right. into the Under Armour party. But when I, <laughs> I remember that. The thing that stuck out about to about you to me was the fact on how knowledgeable you were, not necessarily just about basketball because you're very knowledgeable about basketball, but it was just like, you know the ins and outs. The social media thing's crazy. Um, let's do a, just a little background on you, dog. Like, where did where did all this basketball yeah. and the social shit come from? Give me a story. Yeah, so in 2012, 2013, so I was literally 12, 13 years old, <laughs> I, I was super into I was super into fantasy basketball, um, and the social media platform of choice at the time was Facebook. So I just decided, you know, seeing how huge fantasy football was and how huge the coverage of it was, I but there was such a lack of fantasy basketball coverage. You know, thirteen, twelve year old naive me was like. Uh, why, 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 why the heck is this? I should, I should be the one that, you know, does fantasy basketball coverage since no one else will. So I started this page on Facebook and just started writing long form content. And over time, started to figure out that, you know, if you share these posts in Facebook groups, more people would see them. Hmm. If you, you engage the audience better, then more people would see it that way. You started building relationships with other pages back in like 2013, 14 Facebook era. Uh, that helps. Yeah. And from there, I just started learning the beginning of, of social uh, to the point where I, I then realized that if I broadened it up uh, to all of basketball, more people would be interested. And that's what I did with an outlet that I used to run called All NBA All Day on Facebook. And I then learned how to video edit. And then from there, it was, was kind of off to the races back with the old Facebook algo where you get pretty much any video to 500,000 billion plus views. Wow, yeah. It was insane. Uh, and I, I was able to, to really grow some Facebook pages. And then Hoops Nation came to be uh, and blew the Facebook up for that. And then eventually moved to other platforms, started my personal brand stuff. Uh, started hosting all these random shows and just just networking and having fun. So that's that's a little bit of my story. Well, it's I think it's great, and you're doing it you're doing it so well. And I think you're around the right people to make that shit happen too. And I don't think people really understand about how important it is to create your own content too, right? Huge, huge, right? And it's kind of like it's not like necessarily what everybody else wants to see it's kind of like because i see a lot of stuff that you do and it's from like your heart like who you want to talk to and basketball is such a huge culture and For sure. and you're involved in all of that right yeah i try to be in in whatever way you shape or form i can be i mean like you know any any form whether it's for hoops nation or for my personal brand of that that people are interested in I'm, you know, going to have, you know, at least a couple of tentacles, let's say, in, involved. So whether it's the guys that hook the players up with sneakers, I mean, I probably know most of them. Uh, whether it's, it's the guys that hook celebrities up courtside at the games to watch the players, the players' friends, the players' girlfriends, whoever. Yeah. Um, you know, they all hold their, their different unique value to the game of NBA basketball or basketball overall. 
And I think one of the things that I've cared about recently and I'm trying to highlight more and more is what, what those people have to say. Um, because you very rarely hear them talk. And right, they, they definitely appreciate it more than most. So you're, you're said you're 17 years old now, right? So you're, you, are you still yep. in high school at this point? Are you in college? Are you, are you doing anything scholastically at the moment? Or are you just kind of just balling right now? Of two of the three things you said. So currently, <laughs> uh, I'm done with high school. Yeah. Uh, I haven't technically graduated yet. I graduate June 22nd. Uh, I don't know when you guys are dropping this, but hey. June 22nd, 2018. Yeah, congratulations. Um, congratulations <laughs> thank you. But right now I'm in this like weird senior internship period where uh, it's so funny. My school is wild. I'm not going to name drop it, but uh, I'll say I'm from Connecticut, and Connecticut high schools often have the senior internship program where you you have to decide to follow these really strict rules. And I got like my first five offers to them turned down because it violated the rules. One of them is it can't be for a company you've worked for before, can't be working for yourself, can't be for a company you've equity in, can't etc. Stuff like that. Um, so I ended up them doing some stuff with the big three and their social. Cool. Um, which is a lot of fun and, and Ice Cube and, and his and his team. No. Um, you were out here that you were but, out here this week with the big three, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, that's and, right. And how'd that go? Can you tell us a little bit about that, or can you not say anything? Like, what can you tell us? I can tell you that the season starts on June 22nd in June, <laughs> and it's on and it's on live TV. Last year it wasn't, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And I, I, mean, I joke about it with them all the time. But then again, their, their response is 100% true, which is very few leagues are able to broadcast live on TV in their first season. Mm-hmm. So right. season two is going to be bigger, and they got some dope people involved. I'll tell you something fun, though. I'll, I'll give you a fun little insight. I haven't actually said this on, on air to anyone, but uh, I had, uh, so the Big Three had the combine a couple weeks ago, the night before draft, they had this dinner. Uh, so I, I got a buddy of mine, uh, a high school buddy of mine, in, and then I got this other kid who owns Best Crosses on Instagram. Huge account, dude to ball. His name's Jack. Um, I got both, both of my friends in uh, to this dinner, and it was Pretty like ninety percent players. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Uh, we we felt we looked very out of place. We weren't out of place, but we looked very out of place. You know, if you were to you were to you mentioned you know my five five foot ten. Yeah, you don't look you know, like Stephen Jackson, bro. I'll tell you that much. You don't look like you're in Stephen Jackson's yeah. crew. <laughs> right. The point is, uh, I we we go in. Most of the players are sitting down already. We find an open table. It's got like nine seats around it. Uh, grab some food. Go sit down. Uh, we're alone at the table for a little while. All the other tables start to fill up. Uh, Dr. J walks in. Dr. J, Julius Irving walks in with, with his, his very nice wife. Uh, and they, they're kind of, you know, walking around saying hi to everyone. He comes over to me and is like, can I, can I sit down here? Is anyone sitting here? Um, I'm like, no, no one's sitting there. <laughs> Go for it. So Dr. J sits down. This isn't the end of the story, by the way. Dr. J sits down. The next guy to walk in, Clyde Drexler, the commissioner of the league. Clyde Drexler walks and sees that Dr. J is sitting there, obviously the most legendary person in the room, probably involved with the league. Some of you can make an argument for Alan Iverson, Ice Cube, whatever. But, so Clyde Drexler sits down. So the table is now, at this point, Clyde Drexler, Dr. J, 
Dr. J's wife, Clyde, and then Clyde's son, uh, Adam, who's actually a baller too. He, he plays professionally in Japan right now, I believe. And, and, uh, Clyde's other daughter came and sat down. So that, that was the table. And then Cube came up. Wow. <laughs> so it, it was, uh, it was one of the most ridiculous dinners. And, you know, well, well, Chad and I gave, Dr. J, a bit of a spiel on social media and the importance of it, cool. uh, which was one of the coolest things. But yeah, that's um, like that trivia question. Like, if you could ask three people, if you could have dinner with three people on the planet, like, who would you name? Like, <laughs> and Dr. J would be one. Right. A couple of them were at the table. It sounds like is Dr. J was he knowledgeable on social media? He probably had no fucking idea on what's going on, though. So, so the funny, the funny thing was, so I was really talking with Adam, Clyde, Adam and Clyde. Adam is, is once again Clyde's son, but uh, I was, you know, he he doesn't really have the presence, and I was explaining to him the, the importance I can bring, especially as he is currently a professional player in Japan, and if you know he's dunking on people, he should have the connections to make that clip go viral. Right. Um, so I was, I was just kind of explaining to him what the importance of it does and what it could lead to, how it could lead to, to you know, endorsements for money, et cetera. And Clyde and Dr. J just listening to my, you know, entire five, 10 minute spiel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it just, it just one of those things, man. You just can't make that up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up. And you know, what's crazy Buster is like, literally from the second I met you, you, I knew you knew exactly what you were talking about. You know what I mean? Like I listened to everything. That, no, no, that's huge because, you know, that's why we do these things. That's why we network. That's why, like, I, I'm pretty sure Dr. J listened to every word that you said. And coming from a guy that, you know, you guys have millions of follow, millions of people are watching your videos. And people need to realize how important social media is. Building your own personal brand, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I, like, I like how you do it because, like, you are Hoops Nation, but you, you collaborate both of them to build your brand as well. It's super interesting. So the 60-second show, this thing that I've been up to lately, uh, if you pay close attention, it's, for the most part, I'd say 70% uh, basketball players, and people affiliated with basketball players with the game overall, and then 30% miscellaneous. And the reason for that is, is that the, the people that are coming over from Hoops Nation uh, aren't disappointed. 70% basketball and then 30% miscellaneous, which is like Trinidad James, the rapper who was just on it, Gary Vaynerchuk, the entrepreneur who did the show. Right, you um, just is it just enough? Right. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's enough basketball to the point where people that come in Hoops Nation aren't pissed off, yet there's enough random stuff of people that aren't interested yeah. in basketball or aren't as interested or aren't coming directly from Hoops Nation. That's not all they care about. Uh, there's enough of them there as well. And I'm doing uh, a completely different version uh, of the 60-second show for LinkedIn starting, starting in the next couple of weeks where it's just executives. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so there there are a lot of of different ways that I I try to go about that, but for the most part, my content, uh, at least on Instagram, definitely goes hand in hand with the, uh, with the Hoops Nation and, and Dunk brands. So, so tell me this, Buster, because, you know, we're, we're talking about how valuable, um, social media is, right? And how important it is for brands and teams and players and like, all this stuff, and then we see this 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 
this headline come out today with Colangelo in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, right? And I thought about you immediately. Do you know the background of this story? Yep. Okay, so they have been... They have and there, there's a lot of there are a lot of details that I can't share, but I will try to share as much as possible. No, that's cool. <laughs> My whole point that you don't have to share. Don't share what you don't have to share. Um, what I'm saying is this: is don't you feel that like as amazing as social media could be for somebody's brand, if somebody's team, and like all this stuff, it could really fuck you over in the long run too if you play with it a little bit too much. Like it looks like to me, everything that's going on with Colangelo in Philadelphia, that shit really happened. And I don't think he's the only one doing it. What are your thought what are your thoughts on on the article that came out today? Well here's what I can say. We've seen it before with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Kevin Durant it was a different case. Obviously he wasn't going after anyone that he works with. He was just defending himself because he couldn't do it based on the platform that he has. Right. With Colangelo it's a little bit different. And I, I legitimately think that this is way more common than, than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so easy. Well, you know, <laughs> it is so easy. Right. And let's be real, dude. You know as well as we know that every NBA team has a department dedicated to social media. Like, there's, they're, they're watching mm-hmm. social media. They have burner accounts. It is what it is. But nobody expects. A GM, and it, and it's uh, it's alleged. It's not for sure yet, even though like the it seems pretty. It seems pretty sure that this guy's sure. on the burner accounts talking shit. And it reminds me, ninety nine point eight percent, right? But what is the benefit to an owner when they do that, or anybody in an executive position when they do that? Well, the only benefit, looking at it from their perspective, it's kind of difficult to do in this situation, but. Looking, looking at it from their perspective, it must blow off a ton of steam, right? Yeah, that's the only mm-hmm. thing, yeah. That's the only, that's the only thing that can come to mind. Right. In the wake of this, all of us are sitting here thinking like, okay, how many other GMs are doing this? And how many more investigations will The Ringer and every other sports media outlet go into now uh, trying to search for these? But number one, this is kind of a, a precedent here uh, that, the, that Philly kind of has an opportunity to set. Uh, with how to deal with this particular issue. I think Colangelo should be fired if it's found out after the internal investigation is complete that it is, without a doubt, him. I think this is a fireable offense, and it's something that no team Why should though? ever Why? want because he's berating his own players. Okay. And that's something that but he, don't, don't, don't he can do. Don't do that anyway? He he's not an owner. He's a GM. Right, excuse me. And he can do that directly to their faces instead of with like without being behind this curtain, or this wall of a burner account. GMs can berate their players and uh, have opinions on how they should play or, or what they should do on the on the court. No problem. That's their job to do that. But to go behind the back and and do it this way, I think is completely unfounded. Uh, do you think that Colangelo that Colangelo should be fired if it's found out to be uh, truthful that he's that he was behind these burner accounts? Yeah, I think more information needs to be found out. I think. Based, based on the fact that the accounts were linked to his wife, I think that's something that needs to be looked into more heavily before, right. you know, I or, or anyone makes a decision or speaks or gives like a hard opinion on whether you should be fired or not. But, you know, if it is found out that it was all him, it was him doing this on every single player, it would be too awkward to lead him in the organization. Exactly. Yeah. So, Getting off of that, what's the difference between what he did and what Kevin Durant was doing? 
Like, what do you think? Kevin Durant, yeah. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant was defending himself. Colangelo is going after others. Right. I think it's as simple as that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but don't you find that odd? Because like I, I, I ripped on Kevin Durant for that, and I think the whole NBA did. Like, did did he? Do you think he really needed to create burner accounts to defend himself? Like, don't you find that odd? Yeah, of course it's odd, but it's hilarious right. at the same time. I mean, oh God, it's just, so funny. Well, you have to remember, though, and it's weird for me to say it as a 17-year-old, but the only reason I say it is because I hear old, much older people say it all the time. These athletes are still kids. Right. Yeah. yeah like, true. at the end of the day, Kevin Durant's young. I mean, he, he's just ridiculously young. Right. And he gets an insane amount of criticism. And if that's the way he feels, well, that's fine. There are far worse ways to deal with it. Agreed. It's just kind of like, why do you care so much? So, anyways, Kevin Durant's always cared, and he cares in real life too. He, he, does. Ye- he like yells at fans in real life. Yeah. He just does it online too. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's right. not a tough guy, though, Buster. He's not a real tough guy. He's, he's not. He's, he's not. not. Charles, he's not a Charles Oakley. He's not a Russell nope. Westbrook. Like he he is a he is a sensitive dude. And I think you know when you pay attention to social media, like you might you might catch feelings with a couple things. I do too. Like, this happens to me. I'm sure, uh, Buster, I'm sure you don't get all great compliments on your videos. You know what I mean? 95% Bro, when I started off, it was like 80% bad. <laughs> right. Buster, we, we, we've been talking about this. When I started with my videos, dude, you know, 60% of my shit would be like, you fat ass. Like, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah you, come, come see me. You know what I mean? And that just goes to show you that, like, people are watching your shit, right? Yep. Um. Let's get, let's get off the social media for a second. I want to get back to it in a minute. But let's get to the finals right now, real quick. Did you have Cleveland going to the finals? Yeah, I had Cleveland Golden State. And I posted about it a week before the playoffs. Yep. That's an unbelievable call. (laughs) Because Drew didn't. (laughs) I I didn't see it. Really? What'd you, what'd you have? I thought Indiana might get him in the first round. I called Cleveland in seven. Uh, and then in the Toronto series, I had, I called Toronto in that series. Uh, unfortunately, and then I called Boston in I think it was six in the Eastern Conference. So I've been just, I've been off <laughs> underestimating LeBron's uh, greatness for the entire postseason. But I I definitely didn't think the Cavs were going to make the But finals. it feels weird to me to talk to Buster about greatness. Buster said we've talked about this. He's seventeen, and I, I made this co- I made this comment saying that like if you hadn't seen Michael Jordan, like how can we talk about Michael Jordan? You know, Buster, like you grew yep. up watching Kobe and you've, you've seen Kobe and his, what he does and you've seen LeBron's whole career, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. you haven't had a luxury. You didn't get to watch Michael Jordan in 94 and do what he did against the Knicks. Like you didn't get to see all that shit. Yeah. So, you know, and, and just like my father, I didn't get to see Dr. J do what he did. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I think the whole era thing, like, like Scotty said is a big deal. It is a big deal. Like, who's a great Huge deal. It is. Huge. And, it, and it's, the, it's the question that can, can be talked about in barbershops and in living rooms and in bars for the rest of our life. It's going to be about your perception, right? 100%. That's your way you grew up, where your family support. Right. Like, who, who, who you like, what position you played in high school, like right. that million thing. Right. I grew up a Michael Jordan fan. I, I got to watch him play. I was a ball boy for the Clippers. I literally laced his shoes. Like, I watched him. I saw Kobe play his first game ever in an NBA scrimmage at the Long Beach Pyramid. I saw him do an in-between-the-legs dunk, and the dude blew my brains out. 
And then I got to watch yeah. yeah, dude, and I've watched LeBron his whole career, dog, and I literally can't put into words what I'm watching from this man right now. And that's why, you know Leaving LeBron? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So what do you think about it? I think he is the most unrealistic player in the history of maybe sports, but basketball for sure. What I mean by unrealistic is he's playing 48 minutes, putting up triple doubles in NBA Finals series year after year. He's made the NBA Finals eight straight years. He will have surpassed just about every single competitor in the greatest of all time debate in every single statistical category, both regular season and postseason. And he did it all while having no off-the-court issues, having no off-the-court problems, being one of the best role models in the history of sports, which is underrated. Um, Super underrated. Super underrated. Super and just being a good dude and and an ambassador for the game of basketball. Yeah, I mean, what, what well it, said. It's so well said, and it's so true, and it's kind of Buster. What do you think about people that say like I have a hard problem? Like the only reason people hate LeBron James is because of the decision, right? They say the decision, which was an ESPN, <laughs> right? It was, yeah. it was an ESPN thing. It wasn't LeBron saying, well, he Let's did. Do- he, hold on a second. No. He agreed to it. Of he course you agreed to it. They he, did, he didn't have to agree to it. He could have just done it behind closed yeah, doors. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, LeBron acknowledges that it was a mistake, exactly. but I mean, he was young and naive and he went to Miami. Like, that there, there was nothing he, more to be He could feel himself everyone's way. That, that was him feeling himself. But Buster, that's if that's your biggest mistake in your NBA career, if that's your big, oh yeah, thing, then then yeah. I'll take that in a heartbeat. And I want to bring this up because I know there's some people. I that, feel the same way about Kevin Durant and the tweets too. <laughs> Although he has right. other problems, he went to the Warriors. Yeah, he <laughs> have other he's also a good dude too. But I want to talk about that. Okay, so yeah. Jay, tell me this. Let's talk about this because this is an argument that Drew and my friends get into a lot. Okay, they compare. They say that Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors is the same thing as LeBron going to the Miami Heat. And I'm completely against that. I don't think there's any validity in any of that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's different years, different eras to a certain extent. It's like half an era difference. Um, what well, I'll say in regards to that is the Golden State Warriors were in the NBA Finals the year before, uh, whereas the Miami Heat weren't. Right. I guess that makes sense. I mean, that's what, that's what we argue. Well, about. that's no, that's always what it comes down to in that <laughs> argument. And that, and I mean, he's right. Like that's that is the biggest difference. It, the way that it's similar is obvious. They they constructed a team. LeBron needed two superstars, and it's fair to say that Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were superstars at that at that time. You could argue whether or not uh, Steph and Clay are bigger or smaller superstars than those two when you try to match up the the, the teams as it is. But yes, the the big the biggest thing is that Kevin Durant lost to that team and then joined it, and that's the biggest difference. LeBron didn't lose to that Miami team with Chris Bosh and then join it. He lost to a Boston team and then just decided to, to form his own super team. But there there is similarities there. He also decided to form. He also left. You have to keep in mind what Kevin Durant left and what LeBron James left too. Exactly. Go. Kevin Durant left a, 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 a what is now an MVP, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Sure. Kevin Durant left a team that was stacked top to bottom. They made their way to the Western Conference Finals. They were forty-eight minutes away on three separate occasions uh, from making the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. 
LeBron James had, had yeah. he had Larry Hughes, Daniel, he had Wally Zerbiak, yeah. he had Damon Jones, Daniel Gibson, Daniel <laughs> Gibson. He had right. no, he had nobody, and I, I think there's some validity again in what Steph said the other day, saying like you know don't discredit like who LeBron's playing with. They're still NBA players, yeah, they're NBA players, but you got to understand, dude. You 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 got to have an army to go to the fucking finals, dude. You have to, unless you have somebody. And the Golden State Warriors go. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. I think everybody in the basketball world. Who are you taking in the NBA Finals? I think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep, which means in five games. Okay. <laughs> which like, most like most people are saying. That's what I called as well. But tell me this, and and we agree. We we talked about that on our podcast tonight. Like, I'm not disagreeing with that happening, but I'm not willing to say that LeBron. And the Cavs can't beat them because I think they can. <laughs> the way this dude's been playing, if he can do it another seven games, like I think it could possibly happen. Tell me this: if, and this is just hypothetically speaking, if LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals this year, is there any question that he's the greatest player ever to play the game? I mean, we've been saying this for a long time now, and we drop all these different random. At the end of the day, there would be no question. I completely, I completely think that statement is true. Yeah. But uh, simultaneously, we come up with these random tasks for LeBron James, <laughs> right. and, and then once he accomplishes them, we make up new something tasks. Else. And yeah, then once he accomplishes else. those, right. it's like, well, he's got to get six. And like, it, it would never end. So, sure, the answer is yes. The answer is always yes. I think he's all ready to go. Okay. I, that, go. That, that's what I like to hear. And I think um, I think we're so nostalgic, too, like with Michael. And Michael is, I mean, he's the bar. Michael set the bar for yeah. everybody. And it's. Just, I think it's hard for people to really grasp it. And especially most of the people that hate LeBron are Kobe, a.k.a. Laker fans. And I'm not just saying that because Drew's sitting next to me. But oh, I mean, they were pitted. The media pitted them them against each right, other. Right. That's. I mean, that was essentially what happened. And then the fans carried that torch for ten years, like I did. I carried that burden mm-hmm. for as long as I possibly could. I still carry it today. The, the, the torch is right is, now. Is, is, it's it's much smaller, <laughs> but I still carry it because I love Kobe Bryant so much. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. I think LeBron is the goat. Uh, it's fine to say that for for did anyone. You say that. Hold on, for anyone that is looking at the stats. Like, you always bring up the stats. If you're looking at the stats, LeBron should be undeniably the greatest player to ever live based on where he's ranked in all of the major categories of statistics, including the fact that he's yep. going to his eighth finals. Minus the six chips yep. that everybody brings up. But that's the thing. is like When you look beyond the stats, that's when, you, when you're bringing up nostalgia. Mm-hmm. When you look beyond the stats and the way that players made you feel or the way that a certain player... Um, like maybe their grit and their determination or the fact that Michael was super clutch or the fact that he never lost the finals, like all those other things come into play. And that's where the arguments always, it's never going to die because those things aren't founded necessarily in statistics. Uh, because, Correct. you know, the argument could be made that Bill Russell should be the greatest player. Obviously this merry-go-round just doesn't end. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Because the Bill Russell argument is the same essential argument if you go into the statistics because he has 11 rings. But, for me, it's always going to be Michael Jordan. I love Kobe Bryant. I can admit that LeBron's a better player than he is, but I will always like Kobe more than LeBron. So my top five is always going to be skewed based on my personal preference. 
And I think that's applicable to most, just most aren't willing to admit it. That's yeah. that, And that's the issue. Like, Buster, I come from the biggest Kobe hater of all time. I am a Clipper fan. Like, it is what it is. So, like, I had to hate Kobe <laughs> yeah. for a long time. But, okay, so I'm going to ask you one more question before we close out. A, LeBron's the GOAT. That's what you say. Mm-hmm. B, you got Golden State in a gentleman's sweep, four and one. Four and one. Four to one. <laughs> I want I want you to spit some knowledge before we end up before we close it out here. For okay. we have a lot of people that listen to us that are trying to build their own brand or do their own podcast or they're trying to build their own following. If you can give one piece of advice, what would you give people that are trying to build a following, trying to build content? Like what what would be the advice you can give? I'll say a couple things. The one piece of advice is that there is no one piece of advice. You have to, you have to do a couple of things. One is don't try to be someone else. So don't see someone online and then be like, yo, I like that dude. Let me try to, let me try to do like my version of that. Like, yo, I like, I like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Let me, let me be him. Uh, be, be as you as humanly possible because uniqueness is what succeeds online because there's so much saturation. Uh, so be as much of yourself as humanly possible and that is what will stick out. Simultaneously, do only what you love and nothing else and be on every single platform. There it is. Hey, yo, we got Buster Share Hoops Nation Instagram guru. This guy's killing it from every aspect. I swear to God, I see this guy more than fucking Ariana Grande. Every day I wake up and see him. Dude, I want to see Ariana's face, not Buster's face, bro. Fair enough. Hey, dude, you are the we'll homie. we can do about that. You are the homie, dude. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, Buster, we're going to do this again, dude. We appreciate it, homie. Sounds good. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Later, man. All right. See ya. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Gluteus. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up.